You are listening to Wilhelm, a film-centric podcast for film lovers of all kinds. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Wilhelm. I am your host, Ben Beck. And in this episode, we are going to war. Uh, that's right. On this episode, we are revealing our top five favorite war films. Uh, and to do that, as always, I need to bring in a guest. He's one of the co-hosts of the Panels to Pixels podcast right here on the Next Level Network. And he's the inventor of what we call live steving. Uh, <laughs> please welcome to Wilhelm, my friend, Steve Brown. Thank you so much for having me. And, and I, I just, I love uh, the, the whole live Steve thing. I, I, I was so scared. I'll be honest with you. I was so scared when I first started doing it, that people were going to just be like, what are you doing? This is stupid. I, I feel like we have to kind of explain it a little bit because I have listeners that don't listen to any of the podcasts that you do live steving for. And there is no feedback section for Wilhelm yet. So you haven't had an opportunity to do it uh, for Wilhelm. But it's you you have done it for another podcast that I host with my friend Kristen, which is the lost. We have to go back lost revisited, which is returning in September. Nice. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, after a very long but much needed summer hiatus uh, that we took off, but it is coming back in the next uh, in beginning of September. So I'm really excited very about exciting. that. Yeah, yeah. But live steving is basically it's commentary. Um, you know, anytime a podcast is, is talking about like a weekly show, whether it's The Walking Dead or Lost or, um, you know, whatever other shows that you're watching, you usually submit your feedback. But unlike everybody else that submits feedback where they watch the show and then submit their feedback, you record yourself as you're watching and you leave a commentary. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And the only thing I've had to acknowledge is it's tough to do it. Like I do it for movies for uh, another podcast. In fact, the the the, co the podcast that uh, that coined the phrase "Live Steve," um, which was uh, Pake and Daphne and their. I'm blanking on everything this week. Run for your lives. Run for your lives. Yes. Thank you. Because uh, that was where I started doing it, I think. And then uh, just started picking it up on other. But it's hard to do it on with a movie or a TV show that you've seen a lot of. A lot of times it's, it's a lot easier to do if you just watched once or, or mm -hmm. maybe. Uh, so, I, but I love it. And I, I do acknowledge that I think it was Pake was the one that, that picked that up first. And I, I also want to say thank you to, I, I don't know if she listens or not, but to Kristen, because I took her note that she gave on one of your, we have to go back podcasts where she said he didn't describe the scene we have no idea what scene <laughs> he's talking about so now i've tried to do better about describing or saying something that's going on in the scene not just wow that was intense you well, know i i know when it comes to lost anybody with a keen ear can figure out what scene you're talking about because you usually have it playing in the background yeah, yeah. and we can hear it <laughs> as you're as you're recording your your uh your section of commentary for that scene so, but it's always fun anytime, you know, Kristen and I get the feedback and it's always great anytime I'm listening to any of the other podcasts. And I just love the fact that our, like our close knit group of friends that is incorporated into all these podcasts, you have your own term and it's just, I, uh, it's, yes. it's so endearing and fun. I, and I'm humbled. I'm humbled by it really. <laughs> I, I do love it. And I, I just hope nobody ever gets tired of it. I don't think they will. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this as as is no surprise, this was difficult. There's a lot of war movies out there and narrowing it down to a top five was incredibly difficult. As usual, I have more honorable mentions than I do top five, uh, but I felt it appropriate. This is the episode to do with you because you are a military veteran. Yes. And I, I, again, I thank you for, for picking me or letting me, me do this one because it was, and it was tough. It was really, really tough. I, at first, when I thought, when I suggested it or put it in the, in your doc that I wanted to do this one, I thought, oh, this will be easy. And then suddenly I started thinking about <laughs> it. Oh, this is really tough. And, uh, but I think I've got some good ones. I think we may have some similar ones, but we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see where this goes because 
I think some of mine are a little more modern. And when Mm -hmm. I say modern, I mean probably within the last 20 to 25 years. Um, There are definitely some older ones that did make it into my honorable mentions as well, which I'm... I'm very curious to see if me, maybe that's where you lean more towards. Cause I know you're a bigger fan of the war movies that I am. Um, and there's a number of them that even in my honorable mentions, I've only seen once, maybe twice, but they've had that much of an impact on me that they merited being in my honorable mentions. Yeah. I'm the same way. I've got one actually, actually I took it out of my top five and, and moved it because, because of reasons. Um, that I've only seen once, but does have a did have a major impact on me, and but it got moved to honorable mentions. So okay, uh, let's get into it then. Um, yeah. Let's just jump into our top fives. Uh, before we do that, I just need to let you know that neither Steve or myself has revealed or discussed any of our choices to one another beforehand, as not to influence uh, each other's selections. So I don't know any of his top five or honorable mentions. He doesn't know mine or any of my honorable mentions. Uh, and of course, just a fair warning: if you haven't seen. Uh, one or a couple of the movies we're going to mention, there's always a possibility of spoilers. So just be prepared ahead of time for that. Uh, That said, let's jump into our top fives. And Steve, we'll kick it off with you. Where do you fall? Number five uh, top favorite horror war movies. movies. So (laughs) my number five may be a little surprising and it surprised me even. But the first time I watched it, I went, oh, that's that's my number five. And then I watched it again just a couple weeks ago to make sure it was still in that in my head. And it certainly was. And that's The Tomorrow War. It's one I've never seen. It's a very recent one. It's got it's got Chris Pratt. It's got Yvonne Strahovski in it. Uh, J.K. Simmons is in it. The the Bullet Mustang from Bullet is (laughs) is in it. And it is just a a wonderful ride. I enjoyed it. I love the music in it. And there's a there's a twist there's a twist to it. That's, that's really cool, but there's also a, a moment where, and I I don't, it's not really a spoiler because you figure it out real quick and the movie reveals it to you really quick. So that the premise is, if you haven't heard the premise is that there's a war going on 30 years in the future and they have traveled back in time to recruit people to go with them into the future to fight this war. Mm-hmm. And so Chris Pratt is one of these these recruits. They do a worldwide draft, so he's forced into it. And when he leaves, his daughter is like eight years old. And when you get into the future and you meet Yvonne Strahovski, there it becomes very obvious that that's his daughter. And so they reveal it to you very quickly. But it, it's it's obvious to the to the audience who she is, and, and I, not I love- so much to him. Yes. And yeah. not like he didn't, he didn't figure it out until there's a, there's a whole, fun, it's a funny scene where somebody says something about uh Colonel Forrester and he goes, Oh no, I wasn't, I wasn't a Colonel. And she's like, well, I am <laughs> or, or mm. something, something like that. So that's how he figures it out. But yeah. So the, the tomorrow war is my number five. And like I said, I did, it's also got uh Marilyn rice cube in it. I think I'm saying her name. Uh, I think correctly. it's, I think it's rice cub. Rice Cub. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I know I abs- who you're, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Who I absolutely love from love from 24. And uh, so it, it's, it's really, really cool. It's got some fun scenes. It's got some great action. And like I said, it's got some good music and uh, yeah. So that's my number five. It is on my list. Um, I do have a playlist set up uh, of movies that I still need to watch. And that playlist is between <laughs> movies that are still releasing and movies that I discuss on this podcast, that pod, that playlist is ever growing yeah, uh, and still growing. But tomorrow, tomorrow war is still at the top. There's one thing I'm very curious about, and I don't want you to reveal if they, um, how it's it, how it's solved if it is um but i don't know if it you can let me know if it is mentioned or discussed the one thing about that movie that i'm i'm very curious to find out because as you mentioned i do know the story the plot line in that the war's 30 years in the future they mm-hmm. come back to the to the past or to the present day to recruit people to go into the future my question is knowing what i know about time travel films is if you are if you go to the future and you die in the war doesn't that kind of change the timeline? So it's, it's, I, I don't want to reveal too much, but it's, okay. it's, it's, they're clued into it very early in the movie when one of the other characters is talking to Chris Pratt and he says, did you notice that everyone 
who came back in time is very young and everyone that they're sending forward in time is over 40 or, or something, something to that effect. Everyone who probably came, because they have the least amount of impact on the timeline if they don't return. Correct. Because what, and what Chris Pratt says is, well, that's because we're probably dead in the future already. And these people that are here haven't been born yet. Got it. Okay. So, so that's kind of how they avoid that, but you're right. They don't really talk about it. Like, and there's a lot of people that do die. Don't like the casualties are huge. Oh, I'm sure it's um, a war, but yeah. Um, and so they don't really address kind of what happened in that case, in those cases. So, okay. I'm, I'm curious and I yeah. might have to bump it up a couple of spots in my playlist now. I, I really like, I, like I, I'm really, I probably watch it again sometime in the next two weeks, just cause it's, it's that much fun. And, and it's got a, a great, like the story has a couple of times that they could have ended it. Yeah. And they didn't. Uh, and but they kept it going. It was good. It was a good keeping it going, not a bad keeping it going. OK, fair enough. Uh, so my number five is I'm going into the past. I'm certainly not going into the future on my number five. Uh, my number five is from 1989. I went with Glory. That was my one uh, in my honorable mentions that got moved from my top five to my honorable mentions. Oh, really? OK. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're it's, you know, Civil War. uh document not documentary it's it's a it's a film uh but civil war uh epic uh film uh, matthew broderick uh denzel washington who won mm-hmm. an oscar yeah. for his performance carrie ellowis um uh, andre brower who we know as um uh from brooklyn 99 captain holt i was just getting captain caught holt. up on the i was just getting caught up on the new season before we started recording yeah uh morgan freeman uh incredible cast in in the movie and it's it's a movie that i i revisit from time to time it is a longer movie as well i believe it's um it's not too long i think it's over uh, over two hours which for 1989 was uh that was long yeah that uh that was a longer film um but yeah this is a movie that i constantly go back to just because it's it's told so well the cinematography is amazing in the film and it's just yeah, I mean, it's. I, I really don't know what else to say about. Pretty the cool. Movie. I will. I will bump it up on my um, on my list to, to watch because that's the one. Uh, one of the ones on this list that I've only seen. That if I remember correctly, I think I've only seen it once. I think like, I only watched it the one time uh, when I saw it either in the theaters or when it came out on video after the the theaters. And I don't think I've revisited it, but it did have an impact. So yeah, it's one of those movies that I remember actually being shown in high school. Um, at high school or maybe even middle school might have even been middle school. Cause 1989. Yeah. I Yeah. I graduated in 98. So it would have had to have been maybe eight, seventh or eighth grade. Um, cause, I can movie, see cause it would have, it would have come out on video about yeah, that. that time. It, it was definitely on VHS at the time that I watched it. And I remember it being one of those two VHS sets, <laughs> um, which always intrigued me. Anytime I saw a movie that was two VHS cassettes, I was like, Ooh, this must be a good movie. Yeah. I don't know why I equated two with uh, being a good film, but <laughs> most of the time it was right. Um, but the the storytelling is powerful. I mean, Denzel Washington's performance is uh, is amazing. I mean, in my opinion, Glory is still, you know, there's been a, a couple movies about the Civil War that have come out over time. Glory still is at the top of the list when it comes to the Civil War. Absolutely. I will. I will bump it up on my uh, my list to watch. There you go. Uh, number four. What do you the, got? Number number four for me is Casualties of War. It's a great movie. I I rewatched it a, a few weeks ago just because I wanted to to remind myself of how horrific it is, and it's a it's a tough rewatch. I want to warn that of anybody if you if you don't know the story, it's a it's a based on a true story of soldiers in the Vietnam War who kidnapped a, a girl, raped her, and killed her, and those men were prosecuted and it stars Michael J. Fox and Sean Penn. And I have, I actually have the DVD of it that has an extended version. And there's a documentary on there that talks about um, Brian De Palma and how much he wanted to do this movie and how he had to do the untouchables in order to get the kind of pull to do this movie. Mm -hmm. And casualties of war is just, it's an amazing performance by Michael J. Fox and Sean Penn. It's it's got um, John C. Riley. I remember is in. Yeah, it's, yep. I believe it was his debut. I think you're right. I think it was because it was 1989. I think 
in that area. I did not write down the year, but I think that's that sounds about right. Um, I don't remember if I saw this in the theater or not. It's right around the time when I was joining the military. So I, I may have seen it in the, the theater, but I, I definitely remember uh, this movie. And, and when I revisit, like I said, when I revisited just a few weeks ago, it is a very powerful movie, but it is tough. To it's, watch. it's a movie I haven't seen probably in over 15, maybe even 20 years. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie. But yeah, it's it's another one of those movies that did make an impact because I remember it. Mm-hmm. Um and probably probably because of the performances of Michael J. Fox, who um, anybody who's listened to this podcast already knows I'm a huge fan of because of Back to the Future. So obviously, when you're a fan of an actor from one franchise, you you branch out and you see what else he's done. Uh, and that's how I came across Casualties of War. And I would be remiss if I didn't say I had forgotten that John Leguizamo. John is, Leguizamo is also a, in the movie. A yeah. very young John Leguizamo. And, and I yeah. think Ving Rhames. Is in the movie as well, yes. if I remember correctly. I think it's I think it's Ving Rames who plays the 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 captain. And uh yeah, it's just it's such a good performance. And when you hear in that documentary, when you hear Brian De Palma talk about the, the casting choices of Michael J. Fox and Sean Penn, that they wanted someone who had the the innocence and honesty of Michael J. Fox. Yeah. To, to play that to play that part because it, it would not it was not a typical part that you would have seen him playing in like an action movie and yeah. so yeah so casualty four that's it's a great choice that's one i didn't really think about um but yeah that's that's a great choice uh my number four is uh going back to 1986 uh and it is a oliver stone mm. war epic called platoon on my honorable, on my honorable mentions. Your honorable mentions, yeah. yeah. It is, I mean, you talk about a visceral portrayal of a time of war during the Vietnam War. This is, I mean, it's it's up there. Uh, you know, not only that, but you look at the cast. You have uh, Charlie Sheen, Tom Berenger, um, Willem Dafoe, uh, Willem Dafoe, Forrest Whitaker, John C. McGinley, Johnny Depp. Um, I know there's people I'm forgetting Mm -hmm. because the Um, cast was expansive. Um, But I mean, it is a, it's one of those movies that is not for, it's not for kids mm. at all. Cause it's, it's a hard watch. And I mean, I fully understand because of movies like platoon for anybody who was in those wars, how that could be tough to watch for some people because I mean, I think from what I understand, I think it even I think Platoon was even written from personal accounts of Oliver Stone's time in the Vietnam War. I think I remember reading something about that. Yeah, that he. Yeah. I don't know if he shot himself to get himself home, but. (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't know about that. I don't know. I I mean, I don't know if it's exactly a biography um, of his time in the Vietnam War, but I think he was. I think he was consulting stories that he had himself Mm -hmm. because if I remember correctly, he was a veteran of the, of the Vietnam war. Yeah. I'd have to go back and look, but I, I do remember that it was, it was supposed to be an amalgam or whatever you call that of, of true stories. So, mm-hmm. so, but yeah, it's, it's platoon is another one of those movies. It's, I haven't seen it in a number of years. I haven't seen it probably in over a decade, but it's, uh, it's, it's one that sticks with me just because of, I remember how, uh, how potent the storytelling was and how visceral that it was. So, uh, I'm sorry, what were you going to say something? I was going to say my number three. Oh, go, that's where I was going to go. Yeah. So go my number it. three, and I'll be kind of surprised if it may not be on your list, but it may be in your honorable mentions, is The Patriot. Oh, that's my number three. Oh, nice. <laughs> so yeah, that works out. Yeah, that's perfect. I, yeah. I, I love that movie. I, I rewatched it just a, a while back, and I'm just reminded of... of as crazy as he is now and, and whatever you feel about him, Mel Gibson is an amazing actor. I, we were just talking about this with a group of friends of mine um, of being able to separate mm-hmm. um, the art from the person. Yeah. And Mel's a prime example of that. Like he, he's had his demons in some things that he said and some things that he's done, but he's not so full bore crazy or disgusting rather Mm -hmm. Um, like some other people like Kevin Spacey or, uh, you know, some other actors we can mention that I'm, I'm not able to separate, uh, movies that he's done from the person that he is. Mm -hmm. Um, 
plus these are movies that were produced and made before we found out the kind of person that he was. Yeah. So you look at movies like The Patriot and Braveheart or Forever Young or The Man Without a Face or the wow. Lethal Weapon films. Like, yeah, I'm able to still watch those movies and love them for what they are. Nice. But one of the reasons for me that, that this is my number three is because when I was in high school, I wrote I wrote a report about the Revolutionary War and I focused on kind of why we were able to defeat the British. And two of the reasons why um, one of them is portrayed in this movie and the other one is not. And I, I don't remember if it was an American who invented it, but the reason they were, one of the reasons why we were able to win is because the British were using very old style muskets that did not have rifled barrels. And if you don't know what rifling is in, in the barrel of a gun, uh, there are, it's grooves basically that, that do it. They can't see me, my finger, (laughs) (laughs) but basically it's, it's grooves that run down the, the length of the barrel that make the bullet spin so that when it comes out, it flies straight. Whereas with old style muskets that didn't have rifling, the bullet would come out and it could go almost any direction. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was an American who invented that, but it was definitely because Americans were at that time using rifles that they had to use to survive. They, that was the only way they were getting dinner was if their rifle could shoot accurately. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why the, the, the British would, and also then the other reason, which is portrayed in this movie is the British would line up in their standard phalanx line and just go forward and shoot. And then the guys behind them would shoot while the others reloaded. The Americans started using what the Indians had used and they started using guerrilla warfare on them. And that's what we see portrayed in this movie is that, that guerrilla warfare kind of style that, uh, that pushed back. And, you know, it, you know, when you talk about this military tactics, you know, that they used to win the revolutionary war and, and such like that's one of the things that always kind of astonished me when I watched the Patriot is you see those moments where they literally march forward, they take aim, they fire and to just stand there as shots are being fired back at you. Like, like that always astonished me. Like it made me realize, like, I, I don't know if it means I'm a coward, but I just couldn't do that. Like, I'm not going to stand on a front line and just stand there and wait for them to fire back. Yeah. Like, I mean, you look at the the start, the, the stark differences in warfare between what we see portrayed in the Patriot from the Revolutionary War to movies like Full Metal Jacket and Platoon, you know, to wars like the Vietnam War. And you look how far warfare changed mm-hmm. from then to, to then. And it's just it's so intriguing. But yeah, yeah. there's a big point of contention between uh, mainly between me and our friend Wendy. Uh, as to what movie is better, The Patriot and uh, or Braveheart. Uh, and Wendy, if you're listening, which I hope you are, the fact that The Patriot made the top five and Braveheart didn't should give you the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will tell you, I can also see, though, why someone would prefer Braveheart over The Patriot. I mean, I don't, but I can see why someone would. Don't get me wrong. I love Braveheart. It is an amazing movie. But when you compare Braveheart to the Patriot for for Mel Gibson war movies, I put the Patriot ahead. Wait, yeah, I I put it yeah. It's uh, just, there, there's there's one scene in particular for me that always that always gets me teary, and that's when Heath Ledger and he when when they leave, and he he leaves his children behind and the daughter. Yeah, and the daughter. Yeah. And, and and even though I don't have kids, I have left family behind to go to go do things to go serve and seeing that portrayed so well on their faces and their reactions. That's one scene that gets me every time. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's even really sad when you think about it too, because that, that actress passed away. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That the actress that played his daughter passed away at the age of 21. Oh, Um, so she was still relatively young and I don't think she had done much past the patron. I think a couple um, roles here and there, but the Patriot is definitely what she's most known for. Wow. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like I, I still, as many times as I've seen that movie, as him and uh, uh, and as him and Gabriel are riding off, and you see her kind of welt up, and she just says "Papa" and just starts mm-hmm. running towards him, like oh, like chills, like like mm-hmm. how how could you leave after that? Yeah, 
Like you, you've been waiting all this time for your daughter to speak to you. And when she finally does, you still ride off. I mean, I get it. Yeah, it was something you had to do. But man, that that scene still gets me every time, too. Yeah. So and I think and one of the other things I learned about this movie, I man, he's a major prick, but I love Jason Isaacs. Yes. In this yeah. film, um, you know, because he is, you know, uh, Tavington, the, the 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 main villain of the mm-hmm. uh, protagonist of the story or antagonist of the story. And one of the things I learned is I listened to a, another podcast that Jason Isaacs was a guest on and you know, one of the 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 hosts of the podcast had brought up, you know, in order to get into that mindset where you guys kind of like play acting as as enemies on the set, like where you kind of like, did you stay away from each other to kind of keep that balance? And he's like, no, he's like, they called cut. Mel and I would go ride horses. Yeah. He's like, yeah. we'd go ride horses. He's like me, him and Heath would go ride horses. We'd go drinking like, no, he's like, we were great friends on set. He's like, we were just able to turn it off for the role. I think I think it's the difference between character actors and and method actors. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think character actors can, like, turn it off. And and method actors have to be more like they have to stay in that. Yeah. That headspace. But, but that scene, man, when when those two are finally face to face and, you know, Benjamin Martin says to him before this war is over, I'm going to kill you. And Tavington's like, well, why wait? Yeah. Like that scene. I love that scene so much. So I'm so glad we shared enough that. And you know what? In 10 plus episodes of this podcast, I think that's a first. (laughs) Nice. Where me and the guest have, we've shared the same movie in the same spot. I've shared movies with other people in top five. I Mm -hmm. think that's the first time it's ever been the same movie in the same spot. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. That's great. I love it. So I guess that brings us to my number two. Yeah. Let's let's do it. My number two is the OG, the original version, Red Dawn from 1986. I believe. I hope I got that year right. Uh, I think I did. And I, this is a movie that I saw in the theater. It was the first PG. It was the actual official PG first movie to get the PG 13 rating, even though Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom, they released it first. It got PG and then they kind of went back and, and re redid it. But mm-hmm. uh, Red Dawn was actually the, and at that time in the, in the eighties, you, you could, when the, when the theaters were done showing a movie, they would just lay the movie posters out and you could just grab them for free. And I have that poster mounted, framed and mounted on my wall today from, and it's from still the, the same one. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's it. When I, when I joined the military, I folded it up. Unfortunately, I was young and stupid i folded it <laughs> and put it in uh, in a footlocker and when i retired i went back home and i got that footlocker and when i opened it up the first thing i saw was that poster and i was like oh so i took it to a hobby lobby and they she said well the only thing i can do that'll really make it pop is that they had to wet mount it which means they glue it mm-hmm. to it to a mount but it, yeah, it's setting on my it's set on my wall today. You can see the crease lines from the folds. If you look closely, you can see the staple marks where I had stapled it to my <laughs> my wall in my in my room, and uh, and I have that that poster uh, to this day. So that might be worth some money one day. I you know it's in such poor condition. It might be worth worth it. But uh, I, I may take a picture of it and send it to you. See if you want to. Yeah, that'd be cool. Show, I'd show like to see or, it or something. But uh, I I don't know if it would be worth any money because like I said, it, it is glued onto the. The thing and it's got fold marks and stuff, but as old as it is, maybe I don't know. And plus, it's probably more sentimental value, absolutely, um, than than anything else. Yeah, um, yeah. Red Dawn is a movie. It's from I just looked it up. It's 1984. 1984. Okay. Uh, and it's a movie I don't think I've seen probably since like 1995. Wow. Uh, I think I was still in high school the last time I watched Red Dawn. And just as a friendly note, uh, you don't have to say OG Red Dawn because we don't count the other we one. We don't count the Chris Hemsworth Red no. Dawn. Okay. It I have, like I love Chris Hemsworth, but we don't count that one. It, it did have Jeffrey Dean Morgan in it, but still, that's... Uh... Yeah, but I mean, when you look at the cast of the two, like, yeah, Chris Chris Hemsworth and Jeffrey Dean Morgan are great. But I mean, you're talking Patrick oh, Swayze, Powers Leah, Leah Thompson, yeah. C. Thomas Howell, like, oh, come that on. Was, yeah, that Charlie Sheen, It's yeah. that's an amazing... Uh, cast and i like i said it's one of those few movies if it was if you're right so 1984 i would have been uh either 13 or 14 years old depending on when it when it came out um so i would have just been able to to legally go see it in in the theaters but uh uh, yeah i saw that in the theater 
that's one I'm going to have to add to the list of to revisit. Cause like I said, it's been a long time since I've watched the original red Dawn, but yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to bump that one up. Okay. Uh, so my number two is probably the most recent of all the movies on my list, but it is a movie that my, um, so my ex, her father was a Vietnam war veteran. She really loved watching war films to the point to of nauseam. Uh, like she would find a movie she loved and her and her mother would watch them. No lie. Like 20 times in a week. Uh, but I remember actually going over and watching this movie with them and really enjoying it to the point where I watched it like four or five times in a week. Uh, and that's Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, not on my list. From 2016, yeah. uh, directed by Mel Gibson, uh, but starring uh, Andrew Garfield and Sam Worthington. It is based on a true story of a pacifist in the war. He just does not want to kill mm-hmm. at all. Uh, and it's a really, really interesting like it, it portrayal of this character in watching someone who just doesn't want to kill, doesn't want to harm, and how he would exist in in a war. Yeah, and um, it's it, it, pretty sure it's World War Two uh, that it takes place in, but it's it was an Oscar winning film because I believe it won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. for the year it was out and andrew garfield is just phenomenal i'm gonna have movie. to i actually have that blu-ray in my collection but i don't think i've ever watched it yeah it's worth the watch it's it's really worth the watch it's um and i think mel gibson's son is in the oh. movie as well uh if i remember correctly but yeah it's just a it's such an interesting story like i said like how do you tell like I love watching movies that are based on true stories, especially mm-hmm. when they're true stories that I had no idea about. And just the idea of a pacifist in the war during World War II, which is still one of the largest wars we've ever taken, we've been a part of. Mm-hmm. How do you exist Yeah, in that environment? And seeing what he went through and th- like, he may not have been like, he may have been a pacifist in that he didn't want to kill anybody, but the heroism that he showed in actions, I'm not, I'm trying to skirt around it as to not spoil anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the heroism that he showed in some of the things that he does is just, it was, it was no wonder. It, it was so, it was no wonder that when we watched that, when I watched that movie with my ex and her mom, I was like, all right, I'll give you this one. <laughs> this, this is one worth watching 20 times yeah. in a week. This is a good one. Did he get the Medal of Honor? I mean, that won't spoil anything for me. Um, I. F- yes, he does. Okay. Yes. Um, and he was a medic. He was a, he was a medic in the war and he does receive the Medal of Honor. OK, cool. Yeah, yeah I'll have to I will have to bump that one up as well. Actually, he was the first man to ever receive the, the Medal of Honor. Oh, OK. Even yeah, better. he was. He's the first American in history to receive the Medal of Honor. OK, very cool. So. It's worth it. Um, put it on your list and bump it up high. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's an amazing film. Uh, but that leads us into our number ones. And mine's a biggie. I don't know where yours is. I'm very curious if we're going to share this one as well. But um, what have you got? I, I don't think, I mean, maybe, but it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a big movie. But it is a movie that, how can I, I don't want to say change my life. But it's a it's a movie that really affected me, and I really enjoyed it. And that's okay. Apocalypse Now. Okay, not my number one, yeah. but is um, is on my uh, honorable mentions. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a great movie, and just it's there. Even what made it even better for me, like, like I, I discovered this movie when I was in high school. Obviously, I wasn't uh, going to movies. I think I was three years. I think it's seventy three or seventy four. Uh, so I wasn't going to movies when it came out. Oh, Apocalypse uh, Nine was Apocalypse Now was seventy nine. Seventy nine. Okay, well, yeah. it's still nine years old. I probably wasn't. Going to. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I discovered it in high school, and just the story for me just was, was amazing. And the way it was told, I thought was incredible. And the, the fact that it was, it was based on the Joseph Conrad book, heart of darkness, Mm -hmm. which I read in high school. I did too. Was, uh, was absolutely cool. But what made it even better later in life was in sometime in the nineties, I watched it on HBO. I believe 
the first time when it came out, there's a documentary called Hearts of Darkness, yep. a filmmaker's apocalypse. I've seen it's, it. It's all about Francis Ford Coppola and what he went through and all. And it's just an amazing documentary that when I usually when I watch the movie, I will then follow it up with watching that documentary because I, I actually the, believe it or not, I not to interrupt you, but I actually like Hearts of Darkness better than Apocalypse Now. I, I would almost say now as an adult, I'm the same. I yeah. like Hearts of Darkness, the, the, the documentary, better than I like the actual movie um, that it's based on. But I have the I have the Apocalypse Now Blu-ray set, uh, the Redux, which has all the different versions of it. Um, and so I, I love to watch the two, whatever it is, two and a half hour, three hour version that has his full cut of, of the movie. And uh, it's just great. So Apocalypse Now is my number one. That's a great choice. I mean, again, it's on, it's in my honorable mentions, and I think it's only in my honorable mentions and not in my top five because of the fact that I do enjoy Hearts of Darkness better mm-hmm. than Apocalypse Now. And I couldn't include Hearts of Darkness because it's a documentary. Right. It's not technically a war film. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally get it. And I mean, you look at the performances from Martin Sheen and Marlon Brando like it's you. I yeah. mean, you want to talk about uh, like iconic movie scenes or movie lines. I mean, you've got one of each in this film from Marlon Brando's head coming out of the water mm-hmm. to I love the smell of napalm in the morning yes. from Robert, Robert Duvall. Duvall. Yeah, it's I mean, it's iconic. So yeah. I love that choice. scene. That's one of those scenes that I love to watch. And but it's for me, I, as much as that's that that line is is iconic. I love the line that he says right after it, which is he looks at Martin Sheen, he says, someday this war is going to end. And then he just walks away. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, that's a great choice. I, I applaud you on that one. That's a great choice, uh, which leads me to my number one. And this is a movie that I uh, up until this year, I used to watch every year around Fourth of July just because I, you know, you, when you think of ways to remember and immortalize people that gave their lives you know a lot of people watch war movies around fourth of july and my go-to around fourth of july every year was saving private ryan uh 1998 um directed by steven spielberg starring starring god who wasn't in this movie exactly um tom hanks um uh adam goldberg giovanni ribisi ted danson matt damon vin diesel paul giamatti uh Tom Sizemore, Dennis Farina, like, yeah, who wasn't in this movie? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, you you talk about a I don't want to say realistic only because I didn't live through it. So that's why I won't use that term. But from what I understand, one of the most really realistic portrayals of the Normandy beach invasion. That's what I've heard. And, and wasn't it, I, I believe I read it, it was also based on a, a Civil War account, wasn't it, where three brothers, two or three brothers were killed and there was like a last one out there that they sent somebody to go get something. Like it that. it I, would not surprise me, would yeah. not surprise me one bit if that is the case. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a movie that like starts with a veteran visiting, you know, that cemetery mm-hmm. and then the movie tells the, you know, Basically, it's his accounting of the his remembering everything that happened leading up to that point. And that opening scene on Normandy Beach is so visceral and so intense that I think the first time I saw that movie and as well as a couple of times afterwards, like I cried Mm -hmm. like because it's tough because of how realistic it it was portrayed. But that's Spielberg. I mean, that was just his movie making and that's what he wanted he wanted it to be he wanted it to be realistic yeah so that's why i you know number one i had i had to go with it i have not revisited that one in a while so i may have to revisit it it's it's god it's an amazing movie and tom hanks man is just yeah oh, that's gonna Earn be this. another episode of wilhelm that's real gonna be really difficult to do and that's when tom we hanks. dive into tom hanks movies nice because nice. there's so many good ones um, I mean, and you're talking like th- the movie itself, I think, has won like almost 100 awards. That's crazy. Not um, I think like five of them Oscars. Yeah. Like that's I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Very cool. Very good. Number one. I Thank applaud you. you. 
Uh, let's jump into some honorable mentions. And okay. these are ones that we don't have to spend a lot of time on. If you want to, it's great. If not, we can just kind of mention it and move on. Okay. Um, I have, let me see if I count mine. I have about 11, actually uh, 10. Cause I, I mentioned, we've mentioned apocalypse now already, so I can take that one out. I've only got eight with the one. And one of them you already mentioned was full metal jacket. So you've already kind of mentioned that one. Uh, earlier full, full metal jacket is one of mine as well uh, as one of my honorable mentions as well. So we can kind of take that one off. Okay. Um, so do you want me to kick off the honorable mentions? Then sure. Go ahead. Uh, this is one I kind of had to. It's tricky. It almost made my top five because. I almost didn't consider it a war movie because there's no actual combat in the film. It's a movie that takes place during the war. And it's surrounding the war. It involves the Vietnam War, but there's no actual combat that takes place in the movie. And that's Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Uh, you know, me being the massive Robin Williams fan that mm -hmm. I that I am. Um, but again, the reason why I couldn't put it in the top. I love the movie. I, I adore the movie. But mm -hmm. the reason why I felt like I couldn't put it in my top five is, again, there's no combat that takes place in the movie. So it kind of rides the line as to whether or not it can be considered award right. okay so but it's on uh, there yeah so my first one is 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 it's a movie that stars gregory hines and um willem dafoe and it is called off limits and it's about a pair of army investigators during the vietnam war who are investigating the murder of vietnamese prostitutes that had half american half vietnamese children okay and i don't stars, think i've never seen it it stars fred ward is in it um uh, scott glenn is in it and the, the woman is escaping me who's who's in it. But she uh, another big uh, uh, plays a nun in it is is really good. So, yeah, I I this is one that I almost put in my top five, but it's it's not really about the war. It's about Saigon during mm. the war, you know, so I didn't really include it in my top five. But this is a movie that I will I watch probably at least twice a year I'll pop it in and just watch it. Cause I just really enjoy it. And it's got great performances and I highly recommend it. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's off to check it out. Never, never even, I've never seen it. Uh, another honorable mention on my side, I went with uh 2001's black Hawk down. That's on my list. Yeah. Uh, Josh Hartnett, Tom Sizemore, uh, Ewan McGregor, just a great, not a lot of character development in the movie, but I mean, from action sequences, it's, it's just a, it's just a heart pounding portrait of war that just is just uh really shows off Ridley Scott's filmmaking. And I just, it's, it's what I'm a fan of. So I actually have the book that Michael J. Durant wrote. That was the basis for that movie. I believe. Nice. And, and I got him. I actually saw him at a signing and he signed it for me. Oh, that's awesome. So it's really, really cool. And I love that movie because it had it portrayed for the first time that I had seen anyway on film, the Air Force Special Forces people, mm -hmm. which are combat controllers and um, uh, the guys who rescue the guys out of the water. I yeah. Can't remember. Yeah. Para uh, not paratroopers. Um, some paralegals. <laughs> that's it <laughs> I, i'll never forget when i was at i was i was at the nco academy which is one of our schools they send us to, to to teach us how to be better managers and one of those combat controllers was in it and it was in the school and we were in formation one day and we were we were at ease but he had a piece of lint on his shoulder and i made sure to like announce myself and and tell him um you have some lint because we were about to go into an inspection and i said you have some lint on your shoulder i'm just gonna brush it off i don't want you to break my neck because <laughs> uh, those combat controller guys they are they are just as badass as any other special forces oh i have no doubt any other uh military ha uh yeah yeah has, so. I, I i have no doubt uh what's another honorable mention on your list uh we were soldiers another mel gibson oh, another movie. mel gibson movie yeah um uh, and it's just another one of those. I really love it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's a good choice. I don't know why I didn't include that in my, uh, my honorable mentions. Uh, I'm going with one from 1970. I'm going with Kelly's heroes. Oh, nice. Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood, Don Rickles and Donald Sutherland. It's yeah. just, it's, it's sat, it's, it's satire. Uh, so, you know, there's, uh, definitely some comedic elements to it, but it's still a great portrayal of world war two. And 
I, I, it's just a movie that I, uh, very similar to mash, which mm-hmm. I did not include in my honorable mentions, which I should have. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's just a fun movie and I really enjoy it. Very cool. Uh, my next one is the dirty dozen. Uh, good, good choice. Yeah. Lee Marvin. Um, <sighs> the, not the equalizer. Um, Death Wish guy, Charles Bronson, um, is in it. <laughs> and uh, another one based on a book that I've, I've read the book, and it's it's very close. Uh, Telly Savalas is in it. and But yeah, The Dirty Dozen. Oh, nice choice. I am going with um, another one from more recent, uh, 2014, a uh, movie called Fury. Oh, yes. Uh, Brad Pitt, John Bernthal, uh, and a surprisingly... A fantastic performance from Shia LaBeouf. Yes, I would totally agree. Yeah. Like really, really great performance from Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Brad William Hinkie, who we most recently knew is Tom Cullen in The Stand. Yes. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Good choice. Thank you. Uh, my next one, let's see, we haven't brought up is a movie that, ha- that stars Powers Booth and Rebecca De Mornay. It is an HBO original film Ooh. from the 90s called By Dawn's Early Light. Never heard of it. It is about it is about the start of World War Three. It is about a a nuclear missile that is launched from somewhere into a NATO country, and the Russians go into their automatic response, and the Americans go into their automatic response, and then what happens after okay. that? Uh, so it's it's really good. It's got James Earl Jones in it. Um, I can't remember who plays. It's it's another one. It's got a lot of stars in it, and uh, you may be seeing it as a request on. Netflix. So okay, fair enough. I and, and if that's the case, I will probably have to watch it when it pops up. Uh, so for my next one is one that um, I still remember from when I was going through a John Wayne phase. Okay, uh, and that is the longest day. Oh, very nice. I don't include any John Wayne movies. Nineteen sixty-two, another uh, events of D Day. Yeah, film. Uh, uh, John Wayne, Henry Fonda, Paul Anka. Uh, a number of people, another a number of familiar faces in this movie. It's a movie I haven't seen in a long time, but it's it's one I remember. It's it's probably one of two of my favorite John Wayne movies. That along with uh, The Quiet Man. I I don't know if I've ever actually watched it. Now that I say that, so The Quiet uh, Man or The Longest Day? No, The Longest Day. Oh, okay, The Longest Day. So, <laughs> um, uh, so my next one is kind of like your Good Morning Vietnam. It's not really a war movie, but it takes place during the war, and that's a soldier's story. Not familiar. This is a movie from World War II when there was segregation, and it is about a black NCO who is murdered on a, a fort, and they send. Um, it's either it's not Cindy. Is it Cindy Poitier? It might be Cindy. I can't remember now. If it's, I think it's Cindy Poitier is a captain in and a lawyer, and they send him to investigate the murder to this very southern fort. That has it just it's a great it stars Denzel Washington also. Okay, uh, by the way. And so um, I don't want to I don't want to give anything away, but basically it's it's the first time they've seen a Negro officer on this this uh, fort. So interesting. There's a lot of a lot of clashing. There's some other uh, Wings Hauser is is in it. And um, just it's, it's got a great cast and it's a great story. It's based on a play. And I believe the I believe the guy who wrote the play wrote the the screenplay wrote the screenplay for the also, film as well. I, I think so. Yeah, I will have to add that to the ever growing playlist of movies I need to watch. It's, it's another one that I I probably watch a couple times a year. Okay, all right. That usually helps me move it higher up on the list. Uh, all right. So for my next honorable mention, I'm going to name two of the stars of the movie, and I'm going to see if you can guess. Okay. And I, I have a feeling you probably will. Uh, Steve McQueen and James Gardner. Oh, um, the the prison break one. Um, yes, with the motorcycle. <laughs> yes, and, uh, and the Great the, Escape. The Great Escape. Yes, Thank you. <laughs> I was like, I know that movie. I, I've watched that movie. <laughs> yep, it's uh, it's basically the uh, the prisoners of war from World War II uh, plan a massive prison break from a German camp. Yeah, and it's just uh, it's just a. I, I like it. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's it's a great movie to to rewatch every once in a while. Yeah, isn't that? Didn't if I remember the trivia in that, isn't there's some like they shot multiple scenes of Steve McQueen 
driving a motorcycle as a German soldier, as himself, as other soldiers. Like it was just, it was him doing a lot of the motorcycle stunts. In I'm pretty, oh, I'm pretty sure it was him doing, doing a lot of the stunts. I, I think I read that. So yeah, yeah. very, very cool. Um, so my last one is, uh, it's not really a war movie, but it has a war scene in it and it involves uh, POWs and MIAs and it's called Uncommon Valor. Another one I haven't seen. It stars uh, Gene Hackman, Patrick Swayze, Randall Tex Cobb, Fred Ward is is in it. Uh, it's got an amazing cast. Um, Red Brown is is in it, and he has a wonder. He's a he's a demolitions expert, and he has a wonderful scene where he describes uh, a, a demolitions, a series of demolitions that he he's going to do in it. And uh, yeah, just it's a it's a great, it's a really cool movie. And uh, it's another one that, like I said, I, I probably revisit it a couple times a year. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so I have a couple more. I'll okay. push through them uh, pretty quickly. Uh, my next honorable mention is one I will freely admit. The only reason I watched it was because I found out that it was a favorite movie of Ron Swanson uh, from Parks and Rec. And that is Bridge on the River Kwai. I, I have that. I haven't watched it in a long time. Um, I, so I've watched it probably within the last like six or seven years. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It's, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's a movie. I didn't know what to expect because there's not a lot of familiar faces in the movie as well, mm-hmm. with the exception of Alec Guinness, right. uh, who most people know as Obi-Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. from the star Wars films. But I, it was something it kept my attention and I was really, really entranced in, in watching it. I was, I was having fun. Very, very cool. Uh, and then the last two I have, I have the Hurt Locker from okay. 2009. And this one is, I think it fits because it absolutely takes place during the war because they're a bunch of Nazi killing bastards. Oh, that's inglorious bastards. I almost, I almost put that on my list and I just forgot one that I would meant to put on my list that, uh, that I wanted nope, to mention. too late. Can't mention it. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Three Kings. Oh, th- oh man, Clooney, uh, Ice T, and uh, 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 Wahlberg. That's right, Mike Wahlberg. I almost said Donnie. <laughs> Donnie. <laughs> Donnie did not uh, do that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a while. Yeah, yeah. That is a really, really good movie. Yeah, I meant to put it on my list and, and totally forgot. I'm glad I remembered it right before because that's 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 my time frame. Of I was I was I didn't go overseas during Desert Shield Desert Storm. Uh, I was I was doing support at a, a base in in Fort Worth, but uh, I, that's so I love that's one of the reasons why I like that movie is is because I was in during that time yeah. sort of thing. So uh, you know that was something I've never asked you, and I hope you don't mind me asking you now. Did you ever see combat during your time in the military? I, I, I did not. I, okay. I never never saw combat. Uh, came close a couple times. Um, I I was in also a. I was stationed in Korea where if you know much about uh, Korea, maybe not as recently now, uh, but when I was in Korea, which was uh, 1996, 97, 2006 to 2007, we would do war games and we would do exercises. And that was, you had to be real. Like that was, you Mm -hmm. had to be prepared because that was where it could really happen. And, And I went through a couple of exercises that were really intense. Yeah. And before anybody sends me a message, I know I said iced tea. With ice, with three kings, it's Ice Cube. Ice Cube. I know, I'm correcting myself. Good. I'm just, I'm just really elated that neither one of us mentioned McHale's Navy as one of our <laughs> top or honorable mention movies. Not Although really a war movie, so to say, it it it's a it's an exercise, I guess. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, speaking of, it's one of the only reasons I didn't include Down Periscope. Right. Right. Because it's more an exercise. It's not an yeah. actual war. Yeah. But if if that would have qualified, that would have been in. <laughs> My honorable mentions at the least. And neither one of us said Sergeant Bilko. So I love Sergeant Bilko. I know it's a horrible movie, but that's such a guilty pleasure movie of mine. His salute is just so horrible. <laughs> Nobody can see us doing it because we're, oh, we're doing it on Zoom. And you can't really describe it other than maybe spirit fingers. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. It's uh, but yeah, so um yeah, so that's a that's a good discussion. Yeah, a lot of great movies in there, and I, I I've added more to the list of movies I need to watch. Which Me too. I you know, movies I will never get to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or it will yeah. be a while before I get to them. The list uh, just keeps getting longer and longer. Although I did add, I did bump Red uh, Red Dawn up okay, in a yes. in a rewatch because I need to. Yeah, that's one I do remember that movie, and I just it's been a while. 
it's under two hours and that cast is just so outstanding. And there's a, there's a line in it that I'll never forget from that powers booth delivers. And somebody, one of the kids that might be C Thomas, how asked him how, why it started or how it started. And he said, two biggest kids in the block someday, eventually they're going to fight. And mm-hmm. then he says, maybe we just forgot what it was like. Yeah. And I've that, always, I've always thought that line is so powerful. Don't ever forget. I need to, I need to bump that up to on the rewatch list. So, but yeah, lots of great movies that came up in this discussion. I'm so glad I had you on to do, to do this one. And I know we've already got you lined up for a couple more episodes in yeah. the future. So it's not the last time people are going to hear you. Uh, but this is an opportunity for you to promote whatever you got going on, any podcast that you're a part of, as well as any you just want to plug for you think people should listen to. Um, so as you said at the beginning, I'm co-host with Mark Kirkman for Panels to Pixels podcast right here on the Next Level Podcast Network. So uh, I definitely want to push that Panels to Pixels podcast. Hey, you've but- already got a leg up because you mentioned Next Level Podcast Network correctly, which Mark hasn't done, I think, since he started doing Panels to Pixels. I always forget whether online <laughs> is in there or not. <laughs> so thank you. I'm glad I got it right. But um, I, I do I do want to promote you know a couple of our other uh, podcast friends which is strange indeed i send voicemails to them all the time and they're live speeding yeah they they cover sweet tooth right now and uh and we already mentioned run for your lives but uh yeah so cool uh yeah uh, panels to pixels uh, anywhere podcasts are found you can find it so apple podcast spotify uh i think it's on iheart but stitcher it's anywhere anywhere you listen to podcasts search for panels to pixels and you'll find it and it's you, you guys do great coverage of those comic book movies and comic book shows. Uh, I know you covered like Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Loki, all those new Marvel series that came out. I'm sure you'll be covering the new Spider-Man when that hits theaters Ooh. in December. Oh, so excited. That trailer is something else, man. Yeah, I can't uh, wait. That end, that end of that trailer is just gave me goosebumps. Oh, I got goosebumps a number of times in that trailer, but we'll talk about that when we're done recording. All right. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to bore people with that on here. Uh, But as for this podcast, if you like what you hear uh, on the show, you can be sure to leave me a review of the show on whatever podcast podcasting platform that you listen on. The more reviews I get, the more I'm able to reach more audiences uh, because it gets more attention. It gets higher up on the list and people get to find it a little easier. Uh, So the more reviews, uh, the more people we reach. I'll also be sure to follow Wilhelm on social media, such as Facebook at facebook.com slash the Wilhelm, the Wilhelm podcast and the Wilhelm pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, finally, if you want to be a guest or do you have an idea for a topic that you want to hear me discuss, uh, you know, like a film franchise you want to hear me talk about, a debate you want to hear me settle, a movie you want to hear me take a deep dive in, Uh, All you have to do is let me know. You can message me on any of the places I mentioned, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can email me directly at the Wilhelm podcast at gmail.com. Last but not least, I want to thank everybody. I know I took the week off last week. Uh, No reason in particular, just decided to take a week off. I can do that because I'm the host. Uh, But I did get some the week before that was when I did the Robin Williams tribute with with a couple friends and i got a lot of great feedback on that episode so i want to just thank everybody for the awesome feedback on that i had a number of people say that like our stories and such brought them got them choked up a little bit when they were listening and that just means you know robin touched other people's lives as well as just my own and i i knew that was the case anyway so uh but that's gonna wrap it up for this episode steve thanks for coming on doing this Oh, it was such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And I know, I think the next one we have you lined up for is going to be another fun one. And yes. that's uh Westerns. Yeah. That's another tough one. That's another tough God, one. God, it's another, it's a really, <laughs> I know my number one, but outside of that, I I don't know. I, yeah, my it's, number one, I, I'm, I'm hovering on it. I'm, yeah. But I, 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 gotta and I mean, and, and that's the thing. I could start looking at other Westerns that I know and they could bump my number one. Yeah. Just because I might think of one I haven't thought of in a while. So absolutely. 
but I don't know. My number one might be hard to touch in my opinion, but we'll see. We'll see when we get to that. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Wilhelm. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for the reviews, the positive feedback. Uh, tell your friends. I tell everybody, tell three of your friends. Uh, if every one person told three of their friends, just give it a shot. Listen to an episode or two. If you don't like it, that's fine. If you do, great. Tell them to tell more people. That's how it works. Uh, thank you for being a part of this audience. But until next time, we'll see you guys down the road. Take care. Take care.